What's up, John? How's it going? Doing good, and you? Good. Uh, well, I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm huh? tired, yeah. Is this because it's cold out, minus two? It's because you made me get up too early today. I know. We, have, <laughs> we got a kind of a busy day between podcast and work, work and yeah. yeah. Oh, well. That's the way it goes. Worst yeah. things happen. That's true. That's true. Um, got a good buddy of ours, Casey Fairchild, today with us. Thanks for coming, yep. Casey. I'm happy to be here. Been Thanks looking for forward me. to doing this for a few months now. And, yeah. And uh, I know I talked to you. Shoot, it's probably been five, six months I talked to you about it. Yeah. And we but, just talked back, and we'll get to it. What yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. We took a kind of a little hiatus and and kind of quit doing them, just things going on and everything. But hunting we're back going on, on. What's that? Hunting going yeah. on. Yeah, a lot of hunting going <laughs> on. Priorities changed. Yeah. They do. And you know what? We said that from the beginning. That yep. might be what we're doing. But anyway, uh, I've got to know Casey. I know both of us have several years ago, which I think we met him through the archery world, maybe the archery shop or something. I know we yeah. saw some YouTube stuff. You used to have a YouTube channel, I know. And, mm-hmm. and I know life's been so busy you kind of got a little bit away from that but um you grew up kind of close to here yep yep just in buell uh kind of between buell and hagerman way out in the sticks just kind of yeah just out there staying out of the city as much as i can right don't blame you <laughs> yeah yeah and you you and your dad you got a business you're saying right yeah like an equipment sales business yeah it's probably the most vague and easiest way to categorize that without Going into everything, but yeah, you do a little bit of everything, little bits of everything, and we can make a dollar on. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we thought that it would free us up to have uh, more time to hunt, but our busy season is in September. Is it really? It is. Oh, yeah, because that's when harvest is. Oh. Oh. That's when everyone's trucks are breaking down. Right. And typically, what the hell are you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I just I keep trying to like tell guys maybe service and maintenance your trucks earlier in the year and don't wait until like August twenty eighth. Because they start calling us, I'm like, sorry, you're going to have to wait until like October now. Oh, geez. It, it does crack me up. Even like some people that are thinking of getting into hunting or have gotten into hunting and then they decide, nothing wrong, getting married. They decide to have their wedding yes. um, in, you know, September, October, whatever. I'm like, what oh, yeah. were you thinking? Yeah. Big no-no. <laughs> Big no-no. They, well, they like hunting so much and, and they and they want to celebrate their marriage at their, their wedding at the same time of the year, you know, in yeah. fall. And I'm like, yeah. no, don't do that. And same with having kids. I know. We yeah, plan for that. So, yeah. right. you know, we're like, wait a minute. This thing's going to come around in September. We better wait a few months. <laughs> and so both of my kids have been born in the spring, April, uh, April and, and May. Well, yeah, April and May. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. Yeah, me Good too. Good yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah, ours, I don't know that how much planning we did, but... I have five kids and none of them are birthdays during the hunting season. So yeah, a couple in December and then spring. So worked out good. You get that many, it's kind of hard to plan. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I remember um, um, thinking, you know, we were talking before about having your own business, how you think you get a lot more time to, to, uh, to hunt. And it seems like the last couple of years between you, you're building a house now. You have been the last couple of years, so yeah. you've kind hopefully of, that's done soon. Yeah, you getting to the end there. Yeah, we've actually moved in already, but we're still tweaking a few things. Mm. I yeah. know. I hate those last those little things that you kind of put off because you got to get to it, and and I I hope you get them done and not 
<laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're going to come home one day to a list. I am a terrible procrastinator. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I, like nobody knows that, but my wife. <laughs> so, and I'm nowadays I'm reminded of it constantly because you get living in this nice house, and you're like, yeah, I can live with it how it is now, yeah. even though the bathroom tile's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you get too comfortable. So it's, but you know, we couldn't wait to get in there. So I know that's the tough part. Um, I. Um, I sold one, my one house last year, or a little bit over a year, actually, something like that. I guess it was almost two years ago now. And I remodeled it and did a bunch of work in 2009. Mm -hmm. And when I went to sell it, I'm like, ah, crap, I got to fix this. And fi or not fix, finish this yeah. and finish that before I can sell it. And I didn't realize how much stuff I had put off. Yeah. But they were just little things, you know, like painting the door jams or, you know, something small like that. But I really, we've been adamant about uh, this new house we got. We completely remodeled it about uh, not doing that. I have, I still have John's tile saw because I have a few little tiles. <laughs> I was wondering to where that was at. <laughs> yeah. The backsplash, if you need it, I got no, it. <laughs> I got, literally got maybe about. Ten little tiles to cut for the backsplash yeah. in the kitchen, and uh, that's it. And of course, you know you can't do it during the winter. That's always my yeah. excuse then. Yeah. <laughs> and how many projects have you started since then? Since you needed to cut those ten tiles? Do we even want to go there? <laughs> Thanks, Casey. It's no. so easy to start <laughs> yes, more, but it's it hard to finish them. I know. I hope to. You know, I hope to. Uh, like one of the last things I did in my house was put in the old part because I added on, is put windows, replaced all the windows. So someone need trimming out. And mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say it's a winter product, because I actually by this year, I want to have everything done. So nothing could be, I don't have a list yeah. when I get home. You need to do this before. Actually, Vera's really good about not complaining, but yeah. still, <laughs> the last it sounded thing you want, good. No, you list. don't want that stuff. Yeah. So get it done, Yeah, Casey. For okay. yourself so okay. you can go elk hunting i'll remember show. that i got a few months anyways but before you know it it's going to be August, i know and i won't have it done yeah exactly yeah. it happens anyway. it happens to the best of us another thing i remember you you'd you had a, a, a kind of a smaller elk call company right how'd yeah. you get started with that like what you what happened with that man i don't even know what made me drove what drove me to start it but um i like i mean obviously i just i love making and building things but I don't know what motivated me to focus on elk calls. Maybe I just really wanted something that was my own that I made. You know, you know, yeah. some people make their own bows and they go sure. out and hunt with them. But so I kind of want to do that with the calls. And I started doing some research on on how to make like exceptional quality ones. And then I just went out and just bought all the junk. You know, a lathe. Like you know, we we're talking mm -hmm. all the tools and everything. And I just kind of just jumped in with both feet. And before you knew it, I had something that I thought was pretty nice. And so then just started the company and. Uh, yeah, I ran with that for like what two years it seemed like, Something I think from like, like seventeen that. to nineteen. Yeah. And uh, found another friend, and he I thought he'd have uh, really good talent for that. He was real musical and stuff, had a good ear for tones and things, and so he was interested in getting into the industry. And so I saw an opportunity and thought, hey man, I mean I can get out of this and you can take it over, and it's working out pretty good for him too now. Yeah, so seems like it, is. it was a it was a great hobby and learning experience and. 
You're too busy now anyway, huh? Oh, Can you man. imagine doing that too? No, yeah, not at all. <laughs> it used to be a fun thing, and then yeah. it got to be more of an obligation, and so that just yeah. kind of took the fun out of it. Yeah. So it's like, man, I got to go out there and finish 10 calls tonight. I still don't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I, mean, I, I talked you into, well, not really talked you into, you've been familiar with Wayne Carlton, Native mm -hmm. Carlton calls and stuff, so we brought you on the pro team there, and, yeah. and it's been fun. We got to do some stuff together. Yeah, um, that's been that, a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's opened up the door for a lot of, a lot of things also. And yeah, I don't know if you remember, but there was that Utah elk hunt that I had. Um, yeah, that's that right. Year. And that like, there's a whole lot of steps that led to me killing that bull, starting with me selling that company and getting out of that and going over with Native. Huh. And everyone I met in the chain following that like led me to that bull. Hmm. It was hmm. the craziest thing how that worked out. So. It, it is amazing how I mean I think about. I've got uh, some potential drawing some Utah tags too, um, and I've got numbers in my contact list of people I met years ago, just different events, you know, that have said, "Hey, you draw this tag, or you ever want to know exactly where to put in?" Blah blah blah. Um, get a hold of me. So it's always nice to have, because the hunting world is kind of, it's not huge, right? But um, but there's always people out there willing to to. Linda helping hand, you know, oh, yeah. and which is appreciated. Yeah, you ended yeah. up killing a good bull. Yeah, it was a great one. Yeah, I never actually had him officially scored, but he was probably like a 330, 340 velvet yeah. bull. And yeah, that, that was, was a cool thing as a velvet. That's what I was going down there trying to find was a nice velvet bull because it was an early one. And I couldn't believe how, um, I mean, you know how where everyone's like, oh, non-residents, you know, we all grumble and we see like, you know, Utah and California plates in our spots and up here and stuff. Well, I was a non-resident down there. In Utah. How'd you feel about that? I mean, it felt kind of strange. You're you're living on the other side at that point, and so and seeing what it's like, and I couldn't believe it. The guys down there just kind of took me right in, and I mean, they were so friendly, and they're like, you know, I know this guy, and then I know this guy, and yeah. then we were up there scouting together, and they're like, oh, my, I seen my neighbors over here, and they seen these bulls over here, and before you knew it, we had these team of guys that were just all down there just helping out, you huh. know, spotting and just. You know, some of those limited tags, like I know not everybody gets to. Um, some of the states that are more controlled, let's say, than Idaho, you know, let's just compare it to that. Um, a lot of times when when they're really limited and let's say there's 30 tags, whatever it is, mm -hmm. everyone's so eager just to go hunting mm -hmm. and excited to go hunting. So I think that mentality uh, of, man, I want to see something fall, mm -hmm. you know, fall down. And, and so let's go help. Yeah. And, yeah, they just love being a part of it because, yeah. you know, they don't get the tags that often. Right. Know, they just want to be there doing it. You right. Know? And they just ask, you know, just don't share our spots with anybody else, and we're happy to help you and take you there. And yeah. that's the least you can do is, yeah. you know, keep their secrets. And yep. I just, yeah, I mean, I just, I was really, oh, I, I guess surprised because we have our own perceptions of how um, non-residents are when they're here. And so I was, I was very shocked at how... Um, Kind of how, opened your eyes so, a little. Yeah, of how supportive everyone is, you know, when you're the non-resident out of state. And, yeah. You know, because these guys were like, you know, the OG guys down there that's been doing it for so many years. And, you know, they take a stranger right into their spots in their back, you know, in their backyard. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I spent the night with them and partied that night while their, while their taxidermist was injecting the, you know, the velvet preservative. Really? And, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I just, I couldn't believe it. It was just huh. so cool how everything kind of worked out and. So it kind of showed maybe because the I know you probably won't get another tag for a lot of years. Probably, probably. Right. So it showed me how strong networking is and yeah. stuff. And what's funny is I only had like two points for that. Tag. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I got called up on. Uh, 
That's right. Was it a last minute? Thing it was a last minute. Somebody turned one in. I was a runner up, and so the guy turned right. a tag in. And while I was down there, I don't know if I told you, but I met the guy that turned his tag in. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Really? He told me when he turned his tag in, and I said I got called like three days after that. And uh, he just said that him and his son both had a tag, so they turned his in, so they had time to focus on his son's oh, tag. Oh, that's cool. Because they've yeah. had two tags before and had to eat the other one. Gotcha. And so yeah, I I think. I, I really feel like I want to believe that that was the same guy that actually turned ah. his tag in that I got with two points. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Wow. So Is that normally a unit that takes a lot more? 13 or 14 is kind of like oh. some of the stuff I was looking at. Wow. And so I just throw in Hail Marys when it's time to apply. Yeah. yeah. That's all you can That's do. That's what you kind of have to do, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it's already application season. No kidding. <laughs> I know. I got to get my, get my uh, Arizona here soon. Yeah. Figure out what I'm going to do there for sure. But. Yeah, that's you, cool. Do you use uh, like a company to help you apply for out of state? Oh, like Hunt and Fool and yes. stuff? Yeah. No, but I should because I have missed a couple deadlines. And now that I'm just running low on time, I really should. I think it's worth the money. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't up till now. Depends, like, yeah, how many states you're putting in and all that. I mean, just, yeah, any states that yeah. you can lose points. And I've lost lots of points yeah. because of that. Yeah, well, like if you miss one of Arizona's deadlines, then yeah. you lose your loyalty point, yep. which and they split it, so you got your elk and stuff early. Right. Then you got your sheep and deer later. Yeah. Right. And I missed my sheep and deer last year. Mm. I'd already did my Arizona one in my mind, and I just got busy in the summertime and forgot it. Ah, and so so you can't miss a single year. Like I think Nevada or maybe it's Wyoming, you can miss a year. Yeah. And keep your points. I think but Arizona, you, miss, you can miss a year. Don't don't quote me on this, but you might miss your loyalty point. Yeah. I and think then, you have to go five years in a row, and then they give you a loyalty oh, point. Is that right? I, see. Or, I don't know and, Arizona. And yeah, keep, five, yeah, it's five years. You keep that point for as long as you keep, keep applying in. Yeah. in a row, even if you spend them. And then if you have your hunter's ed oh. point, then you'll have a Another second point. point, too. So you'll always have a two-point floor. If you take Arizona, um, in fact, I just saw it advertised. If you take their hunter ed course, you I'll always will have a point That's going cool. in. Mm -hmm. An extra hmm. point, yeah. So that is kind of a, a cool thing to do, their online course. See, before now, before it wasn't online, you had to go down go there, there and do, do it. it. But now you can do it online. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's... Yeah, that just, I think that started, I think that started last year. Huh. But I just got a thing, um, and some type of, uh, yeah. um, something pop up, I think, on social media talking about it now well, that's available. Cool. And, yeah. I always figured if I drew a point or a tag down there, I'd just go down there and scout at the same time as I take that. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then I'd have it, but now you can do it on lunch. That's so easy. There yeah. you go. I know, right? Well, a lot of that started with COVID. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they weren't having classes and all right. that. So that's when I think they, yeah, it might have even been a couple of years ago now, but I remember my buddy telling me about it. And, and I want to say initially it was, the price was a lot higher than what it is now. You know, I mm -hmm. forget what it was. I don't want to quote the wrong thing, but yeah. So yeah, that's kind of a. A cool deal. You know, talking about non-residents and stuff, it's it's funny because I think, like, I've met some really good, great non-resident people, you know, in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And then I've met some that are, I feel like, when I say they kind of had crappy attitudes, and you know what I think part of it was is, is they were almost, because non-residents sometimes get a bad rap, mm -hmm. or, you know, they just, they're invading our spot. So it, it was almost like, I, and I think of a couple guys in particular, they were like on defense. Yeah. Okay, when I first started talking to them. But after you got to know them, they're great guys. Yeah. They were just like us, you know. But mm -hmm. initially, I think, because 
no one wants to see anybody in their spots. Right. But I maybe I didn't because I didn't approach them as you know, dick. For better <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I was cool with them. Yeah. I mean, they've it's public property. They got a tag. I mean, what are you going to do? We're all there you for know? the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'd rather work with them than against them. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, like I said, once we got to talking and everything, I thought, man, these guys are pretty cool guys. So yeah. I think a lot of it could be the way it's approached. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got some good friends now that are from Washington that that same thing happened to me. Uh, it was back in 2019. I just remember I killed a pretty decent buck back then well, yeah. with a rifle. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever told you the story, but I went up there. It was October 13th, and I thought, man, everyone's already going to have molested the spots that I wanted to go to. But last minute I just kind of kicked all the stuff in my truck and ran up there i got to camp at like i don't know 11 30 at night or something like that and it was just so cold i couldn't believe it but almost as cold as it is this morning mm. and uh i had my noisy dodge and everything and i just pulled into camp and there was our there was big wall tents and everything because there was you know rifle season so i pulled in there in the middle of the night though and i left my pickup running a lot because i'd kind of run out and i'd set up my I had one of those uh, seek outside tents with yeah. a little wood stove in there. Yeah. So I'd run out there and I'd set it all up and everything, and I'd get back in the pickup and warm up for a minute, and I'd set it back mm. up. And so my pickup was running a lot. I didn't. I was not even considering that I was probably aggravating anybody else near me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I was just trying to get set up so I can get in bed. And so I I got all set up and I went to bed and I was you know asleep by one or whatever and I was out of the tent. I, my stove went cold and I was out of the tent by four thirty the next morning. And I went up on the mountain and, you know, I seen Kennetrek boot tracks going in and I thought, oh man, these things are going to go everywhere I want to go <laughs> as soon as you see those kind of star pattern, you know. And so I hunted around and I kind of started doing some different things and I ended up finding this buck midday, getting you know, stre stretching his legs around one o'clock and killed this nice buck and I was bringing him out and I got, I got the first half of him down to camp that night and the Washington guys come over and or well actually it was like midnight when i got back to camp again so the next morning i was going back for the second load and they came out that morning when i was going back in about eight o'clock in the morning to get that last uh, the last half and they actually come over and talked to me and said hi to introduce themselves and asked what kind of deer i got because they've been up there hunting for a few days and looking for one in particular so i kind of described it and they're like man i think that's what i've been looking for i'd like to see when you get down so we visited for a minute and I went up and got the rest and I got him back down again that later that afternoon or evening or something. And yeah, they seen it and they're like, that's the one that we have pictures of. We were here for that deer. Like they were from Washington scouting that deer, <laughs> that deer and everything. And, uh, and they'd been there for three days and the guy's son had actually shot a little bit smaller deer, you know, in the same basin as me, like right before I shot mine, I heard his rifle go off. Oh, you did? Yeah. And so, I, and I, I actually thought they were shooting the buck I was drawing down on. And the buck I was aiming at didn't even flinch when that gun went off. And so I thought, man, it must be a different one. So, um, so I, yeah, I got him out of there and everything. And they said, yeah, that's the one. And they weren't even upset about it. They were happy. They were just so mm -hmm. supportive and happy. They brought me in, wanted to have drinks. And that's cool. Now we're good friends. And I go up there and they set up wall tents. And if I'm up there hunting by myself, I stay in their wall tent with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just. So long story short, it's just, you know, you, you can't really judge a person by their yeah. license plates, you know? Yeah, right. Just but, or they're, they're in your spot. Yeah, you know, and so, yeah, we're great friends now. We go camping together every summer with the families and stuff. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they're good dudes. Huh. Never thought so, you know, being yeah. from Washington. Yeah. I haven't really bumped Nothing into Nothing against anybody. Washington people. Just, I guess, non-residents in general. 
Yeah. You know, you just never know what you're going to... It does seem like I've been seeing a lot more Washington blades. Yeah, well, reason, I remember but... um, not putting down the Washington guys at all, but I remember a few years ago when, before they started the uh, the really fun December 1st deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. The way it is for non-residents, but right. I think it was a year or so before that, um, like, there was still tags left over, non-resident tags left over for elk, I'm talking. Mm. And like the day the the Washington results came out, they sold like twenty five hundred non resident <laughs> tests because they realized they didn't draw yeah, over there. Uh, which I get, and you know what? Fortunately, we're really fortunate to have this, the situation that we do with, as residents. Right. But I, if if I wanted to hunt, I'd be the same way. So you can't really be mad at them because they want to hunt too. Oh yeah. You know, and and. Hopefully, most of them are like-minded. Yeah, you know, as far as um, uh, coming out of state and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have I have yet to run into somebody with a real crappy attitude from out of state. I hope that I don't. But uh, I know you hear about them. But I, like I said, I totally feel like a lot of it is they might kind of almost be on defense. And and if you approach them right, and I've always tried to. Yeah. I've always tried to look at it as if I was in their shoes. Yeah. You know, like says, we're all out here for the same thing to have yeah. a good time. And mm-hmm. when you see some of them parked, you see some trucks that have their license plates pulled off of them. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. you know it for sure. I even yeah. I talked to a friend one time, and I told him I think because I was trying to like decoy my truck for a while after I killed that big bull, I was real scared about like everyone following me and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories that it happens. Sure, it maybe, happens. And, yeah. and maybe it could have happened, but I was like very careful about everything after that. And so <laughs> I told this friend, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna go get some like California license plates or something and put on my truck for the market. <laughs> He's like, yeah. You want your tires slashed, right? It's <laughs> so, a solid point, too. Yeah, I can see why they uh, take their plates off sometimes, but that's funny. You never know, right? No, and in fact, um, the ones that I was talking about, they were from California, and and like I said, they're cool guys. Yeah, they're cool guys. So, yeah, you just never know who you're going to meet up there, and some of my best friendships have been made on the mountain with non-residents and in places, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, you never know what you'll find as far yeah. as animals or who you meet. Yeah, for sure. Are you into birds at all, hunting birds? Not as much. We've got some on our place, and I thought about trying to lease that out for, like, bird hunts and things, but that's nothing I've really approached yet. But as far as myself, no, I don't really do a lot of bird hunting. Yeah, and I like to I like to commit um, when it's not, like, elk and deer season. I like to commit my time to uh, kind of, like, the honeydews and spending family time and stuff so that when it's That's time exactly. I can hit the road. Yeah. So I kind of sacrifice bird stuff for that. That's how I see it too. For so sure. You gotta have to just you have to pick and choose and you don't care about birds as much you just pick your battles it. for lack of better words yeah <laughs> and so that's kind of why i've taken some years off of bear hunting for a while but oh this year we might start again on that but yeah, yeah. so no birds for me as of right now yeah unless i get a sore leg you know i feel like walking them out or something yeah exactly <laughs> i always figured i can save that stuff for when i'm too old to yeah get in the mountains anymore yeah you and fishing too you know getting duck boat instead exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly right I enjoy it all, but I, and I try to do. But yeah, I have slacked off on fishing, especially and and some of the birds. I tried to do a little more duck hunting this year than I have in a few years. But yeah, it's all fun. Mm-hmm. It, it is. There's just not enough time in the year. <laughs> so your your probably priority as far as I guess your passion for 
big game. Is it elk or deer or both? Elk, right? elk definitely. Elk. Yeah, elk, hundred um, percent. You know, deer's right right there behind it. You know, and then I really enjoy bear hunting, I, even though I haven't done it in a long time. But I would almost for a while I enjoyed bear hunting as much as I did deer hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that's just one of those things. It's the kids' birthdays in in ah, spring. That's true. In fact, I even I was up tending a bear bait uh, the day before uh, our son was born, our first kid, and so wow, you're that's. Ballsy. I yeah, it was a scheduled <laughs> thing, and so she called. Oh, okay. She said she tried calling me, and I she couldn't get me on the phone, and I was up there, and I was checking, I was checking bear baits, because <laughs> this was this was uh, May, and so I think we even hunted a little bit that night. I don't know if I told her we did or not. But <laughs> nothing was coming in right away, and we had a Wolverine hitting the barrel, so oh. like, this is a dead bait now. So right. we hit the road just in time to get the voicemail that she's headed to the hospital, and so we got there just in time. Oh, yeah, we showed nice. up in our in our ugly old bear hunting rig that's uh, we had all our stuff in, and so <laughs> we left it in the parking lot of the of the hospital, thinking as soon as that kid hit the ground, we'd be able to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No, I right. can't imagine it would. That was hilarious. <laughs> no, so yeah, my springs are spring times are pretty much committed now to other things. Yeah. But oh well, yeah, elk all the way now. So I try not to schedule any like out of country trips or anything like that during September either, because there's a lot of good hunts to do out of country also. But yeah. they're in September, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you know, elk takes precedence right most of the time. Do you put in for several states? Yeah. Um, Utah, Nevada, um, Colorado, Arizona. Arizona is another one. New Mexico. I normally apply for the New Mexico one. I recently had a New Mexico elk tag that I was just so busy, and I had to. I couldn't go on that one, hmm. so I ate that tag. But yeah, that's typically what I do. I don't really do anything in Wyoming. I don't know why. I just haven't. Or Montana. Have you put in for the ibex yet? New Mexico. Yes, that's one I'd love to do. Yeah. But I'm careful not to apply for rattlesnake season because. That's not one I want to deal with. The January hunt. Yeah, I thought it was the October one. January. October is is when there's a lot of rattlesnakes. I think it's just all year round. There's a lot of rattlesnakes. Yeah, but January is like there's less. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I was meaning October one is more, but it's an easier to draw hunt. Yeah, yeah. It is easier to draw. Yeah, because no one wants to go to the rattlesnakes. No, no. You can't step anywhere or put your hand up anywhere. That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you see like three or four a day. I mean, maybe that's a low number. I don't know, but that's that's higher than I want to see. Three no or four kidding. more than I want to see. Yeah, yeah. Daryl, uh, rattlesnakes aren't your best friend. He's a little scared of them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got a lot of respect for him. Let's say that. But yeah, I ever tried to shoot one one time, and it was probably not much farther from me to John, with a twenty-two and had a scope on him. So I'm just trying to eyeball it. And I never did hit it, but I pissed it off, and it, I never had a snake come after me. Yeah, but it was literally coming towards me after me, and I, yeah, that was. Those things have tempers. They do. Yeah, that one got away. Yeah, <laughs> most of the time they don't get away, but that one got away. At some point, you got to realize, like, you got to cut bait and just get out yeah. of there, let him go. <laughs> yeah, uh, the last one I think I ran into probably about three years ago, and I was going up this trail in a, in a shaley spot. And after a bull, and this sucker, I, I and here he comes out, and he just kept going and going. It was big snake. I mean, he's, I know he's well over four feet. I got video of it. But, and then I had to, he coiled up in a sagebrush, probably about three or four feet on the other side of the trail, and I threw, I thought he had coiled up. 
and I end up seeing them in there. But I tried getting them to rattle. Mm-hmm. Would not rattle, which is even scarier when they don't rattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call so, that dog days, don't they? Yeah. Yep. So I went way around and kept going up the trail. But yeah, and that one I, I let live, which. A lot of times I don't, I ain't gonna lie. I know some yeah. people let them live, but I figure there's plenty of them out there that do live. If I can get them before they get me. Yeah. Right. There was one me and dad found when I was a kid. I remember that uh, we seen him up some, I don't know why, we just went hiking out in the brush. Up and we're like, there's a great big rock out there. Let's go hike up on it and see what it looks like, you know? We get up there on the side of it, there's a rattlesnake. So, yeah, we thought we'd kill it with some rocks. Well, we didn't get it killed right away with some rocks, and he chased us up on a big rock, and we had really? to stay up there until we could finally find enough rocks to get this thing killed to get back down because oh. it was kind of like on the edge of a cliff and we had to get down this way and right. that, right, that snake was right there oh, oh yeah we made that one mad <laughs> yeah so they, funny. they definitely have some attitudes on them oh man i'm surprised we haven't ran into more during antelope yeah but i've killed several out there have over you? the years but it's been quite a while okay. that's always my biggest fear because we leave our or blinds up, you know. That's me too. Getting in there in the morning, I've always got my light going to see. Me too. I lift sure up the no corners <laughs> and stuff because right. I'm thinking it's cool enough now that we're right. not going to be able to move much. Yeah. And I've yeah never ran into so it yet. Far. But well, camping out there in a tent or something like that, you know, it's chilly at night. And right. Curl up next to you or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, I, got a, I got a floor in mind. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of feel them underneath the, uh, the top floor of your tent. Right. Kind of rub it. <laughs> Great. Now I'll be getting the ebby jibbies next year. <laughs> Give me something to think about. Right. <laughs> Probably one. I remember this been in Colorado years ago. I was uh, doing some stuff with Hunter Specialties over there, and we were staying in this old cabin, and it was it was kind of musty mm-hmm. in that cabin. You know, it was wasn't used much. It was like the cowboy cabin that they used, but it was just enough light you could see. Like I had to go to the bathroom. And I stepped on something. It was slimy. It was a salamander, though. (laughs) But in bare feet, a salamander at night just... (laughs) Yeah. That'll wake you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody woke up because I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not a very common thing to run into right now. No. No. Well, especially in the house. Yeah. You know, but like I said, it was a really old cabin and kind of a cool place, but... If they can get in and out, who yeah, knows you know. what else can? No yeah, kidding. you know, we used to find uh, we used to find little snakes in our camper because they're just the mice would get in there. It's just one of those things you just couldn't seal up, and so you start finding little snakes, and they're like, "Oh man, what is going on?" Like <laughs> they just get in all over the place. There's people out there that would have burnt the camper down if they saw snakes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, when we when we were at our old house, um, we used to there was a little short time because we're out, way out in the country. We had a mice yeah. problem. And so, and my wife hates snakes so bad. And so I told her what we need to do is just catch some snakes and turn them loose under the house. And they get rid of all the mice for us because those bull snakes are fine. Yeah. Right. And uh, she was not, she did not go for that. (laughs) The one day she thought I was going to turn a snake loose in the house to get like just one of those little bull snakes to get rid of the mice. She locked me out of the house. She wouldn't let me in there. (laughs) I'm serious. She thought I was holding it and she wouldn't let me in the dang house. (laughs) That's funny. That is. Yeah. That was the only time I've forgotten about that. (laughs) So let's talk about, uh, I know I mentioned to you about like memorable hunts. We were just talking about that earlier. What, what is probably one of your more? The one that always comes to mind first would be uh, the time I, I killed a really nice bull with my dad. And uh, it was my second bull, and it was the first one that I called in on my own. Because I, I had a kind of an elk hunting mentor that uh, took me 
for the first year, he took me and kind of showed me the ropes and everything. And so the second year, I guess the second real year of elk hunting, I thought, I want to go out and kill one myself. I don't want to call it into myself because he kind of taught me how to do that because yeah. he always hunted by himself so, for so many years. And so I thought, I want to do that on my own. And I'd like to get like a nice six point with some whale tails, you know. That's just what I really wanted. And so we went out and I kind of had an idea found of where this of one nice bull was going to be all year long. And so we went up there the day before opening day and um, got set up there right at evening. And the next morning, boom, there he was. He had like 20 some, 20, maybe almost 30 cows in this herd. Just one really nice big bull, 10 and all of them. It was opening day and he was, you know, he was rutting like crazy, you know, the kind of thing you'd hope to see in the last day, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we let him bed down and uh, we dropped in off the peak uh, into the basin where they were at and just kind of, I just did everything like I, kind of like I knew for some reason I didn't really have any doubts that hunt. Like so a lot of times you'll kind of be, you know, you'll be on a stock, you'll be going, you know, should I go this way or that way? But, you know, this time I just didn't have any doubts in my mind. Went with your gut? On the, yeah, on that approach. I mean, everything was just kind of like clockwork, you know. I just didn't really, I wasn't really thinking that much about it. I kind of like just knew right what to do. So it was kind of cool how smooth it went. But I, I got in there to where I needed to be and had good lanes. And, uh, yeah, it was like an eight-minute call, and he came right in. And wow. the whole time Dad was filming, and he was actually laying on his side on the ground with his camera propped up on, on his elbow here. Mm -hmm. So it was super stable. I um, remember that that footage yeah yeah that's good footage it was perfect and so yeah that bull came right in i just said the right thing and he came right in and made a couple of good shots i was able to stop for a second shot and i don't know if he quite got that part but still it, it turned out great and yeah that's still my best bull to this date so it's not just how big he is but it was just cool that dad was there yeah, yeah. film and do you guys get a chance to hunt together quite a bit yeah typically i go um if not with him i typically go alone uh -huh. So, um, but we know we usually we go together. It's just he's like 60, 62 or three years old now. So, and he'll still beat the hey, mountains. But wait a minute now, let's back up. <laughs> he's There's nothing wrong with being no, you know, I'll be sixty this. He year. just can't do it for like five days in a row anymore. Like he's gonna take a couple days off or go hard for a couple days and take a day off. Hey, right. now no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's nothing wrong with a guy that's a little seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he can still pound the mountains pretty good for being for being as seasoned as he is. Okay. So yeah, we go together quite a bit. That's, That's awesome. Good. Yeah. So um, we we go uh, out of the country every now and then when we can. We've been to Africa a few times and uh, Canada once. Mexico. We went, went to New Mexico a couple times for elk and then another time for barbs. That's right. You guys did the barber. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was that one was a lot of fun too. That's as close as you can get to bighorn sheep hunting yeah. without a bighorn sheep. Without sheep bighorn hunting. sheep, yeah, without a tag or without you know mm. doing it illegally. That's as close as you can get. It felt really good doing that. Ah. But yeah, he's he's pretty much the one I go with all the time. That's so. cool. It's cool you got that uh, have all those memories and yeah. And the good thing about it, he's not going to tell anyone where we go. Right. <laughs> this is true. He yeah. did have a few drinks one night at a party and let one thing slip up. I was going to pretty good because, yeah, I think my friend was kind of grilling him a little bit. Right. Yeah. He, he waited until he had a few drinks and he started asking him some questions. That's but, funny. Yeah, he's, he's my main hunting partner. That's good. Yeah. I don't think I've ever got that drunk. Yeah. And actually, I remember one time telling a guy, um, and I... I know I hadn't been drinking as much as him, but I had been drinking. But this guy just would not let off, you know, about taking him elk hunting, taking him elk hunting. And towards the end of the night, he was slurring so bad, I thought, 
he's not going to remember. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take you. Mm-hmm. Next day, he Just probably call. had a headache and he's calling me up. <laughs> when we got to go? You know, and I ended up taking him, but yeah. That's funny. I try not to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. It yeah. does. It does happen, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had to learn with the video thing to not show so much land. Yeah. At, at first, I wasn't very good at that. <laughs> you notice that guys do that after a while. Like, you'll see kind of like as they're kind of going around and panning the scenery and stuff, like the camera will kind of dip. Yeah. Where it gets the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and then you start realizing that people aren't watching it. They're watching it to try and figure out where you're hunting. Not oh, yeah. Just it's everything. Exactly. I know. It just cracks me up. <laughs> the tag out. cut scene, you know? Exactly. Everyone's pausing on the tags. Right. <laughs> and I've never really paid that enough attention or thought about that, you know, trying to figure out what someone else hunts. And yeah. I've never paid attention to, Not I certainly never claimed to be the greatest hunter at all, by no means, but I've always thought... Um, I'll go find my own spots, yeah, and yeah. and I'll put the time in whatever I need to do, oh, yeah. and and I, the, to me there would be nothing more embarrassing actually, than running into somebody I know, knowing that they probably yeah poached my spot for lack of better words yeah. because yeah. they saw something I did. I'd be embarrassed, right? Personally, yeah. well, I I really started noticing it when I first started filming uh, the shed shed hunting. Gotcha. And that's where you well, know, and then people com- would make comments, comments and yeah. then you're like, oh, and then I'd get a, uh, hey, I think I think I found. I literally had this. I don't have that bowl in here, but I found a really nice bull shed and a kid a year later says hey i think i found the other side to that uh-huh. bull so you knew he watched the video well he sent me a pin and it was right there really it was in the oh, same man. spot yeah and like okay that's when i needed to decide kind of makes you wonder that. if they're like just kind of fishing to see if that's where it is you know yeah. if they're just kind of guessing but that was, was a unique horn if i remember right wasn't it um, is that the one with the, some palmation no okay no 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 this okay. is that was a different one okay I thought I had it in here. I don't know where it's at. It must be upstairs. Oh, it's up. I think it's up above. Christmas but, tree. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, I was worried about that. He was fishing, and he's like, "Hey, I'll send you a pen to where it's at." Yeah. And and I'm like, "Well, you don't have to do that, but if you want to, you know, because I'm still thinking, well, maybe he doesn't know where I was yeah. at. I'll be down." Did you tell right. him it was? Did you tell him? I did. Close. I did. Yeah. I mean, you hope. Well, okay, it's next. funny because I put it on my Onyx, and I I, say, I always save my track so I know where I had walked before, so I don't walk the same line again. And I had to walk within 10 yards of that damn thing and didn't ah. see it. Oh, man. But you would hope, and I bet, I, for out of respect, you guys would just not share that stuff. You know what I mean? You shared on Beyond Agreed. There. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, and then I started watching his page a little bit, and he, and he had buddies that he had. I always go by myself mm-hmm. just for that reason, but he had had buddies out there. So I'm sure they have hammered that spot a little more since then. But, oh, probably so, you know, because yeah. they can kind of see what's being found in there. Exactly. That was part of the reason that I... I stopped filming as much of as many of my hunts anymore because I got kind of tired of trying to hide right. where I was at. Right. I mean, there was times I felt like maybe I should go drive up into the Southern mountain range and do some like B roll footage yeah. somewhere else, you know, and yeah. just plug that in because you don't want to have to do that. Cause you don't want to like mislead everybody like that, but exactly. you don't really want anybody knowing where you're at either. So no, got 100%. you can't really show all the landscape and scenery where you're at. Like, yeah. And I just, kind of sad i got away yeah. from drone shots pretty quickly too yeah <laughs> yeah that happens <laughs> really <laughs> yeah well uh i remember it just been shoot that was 2001 because mm-hmm. the year 9-11 and i shot a buck down by the river in the canyon that, that archery only hunt and it was a picture 
no video footage or nothing like that. And a guy walked up to me. I know Bushy shot that buck by where that picture is taken. Yeah. Just going on, and I'm like, good, good for you. you know, He's I know gone. exactly what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not there anymore. So. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that like to hunt dead animals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 I was paranoid when I shot that nice big bull that I was telling you about with Dad, and so I was that again. Yeah, <laughs> let me bring up the map. So I was so paranoid about sharing like anything, but I wanted to share all the pictures. But I, so we put that bull in Eastman's. I didn't even want to give Eastman's very much stuff because I thought that they could like get into the metadata and find out where it was oh. on GPS and everything. So well, you just all you got to do is uh, when you get well. Of course, now you can shut them off on your phone. But at one point, you know, it would show your actual coordinates where you took that picture. Yeah. So I've been adamant about coming home, screenshotting it. Yeah, I always, I, there's no original photo, like yes. photo on Instagram or like I always screenshot it, but I was so paranoid and not smart enough to understand like digital stuff. Mm -hmm. So with that bull, I actually developed the pictures at Costco and then took them and put them on the desk and took pictures. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pictures. Funny. And so I was doing that for a while. That's why there's some pictures that just look terrible quality because that's probably what they are. Right, I went into the bathroom funny. at Chick-fil-A and did mine. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things you shouldn't do in the bathroom at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one of them. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I didn't realize that for years, that people were getting coordinates. But here again, it's yeah. like, you know, who digs that deep? Like, try, oh, i got to go find it. I want to go to that spot. Yeah. You know, oh, they like, call it e-scouting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. true. That's yeah. what they You never call know. It. I mean, you never want to put anything past anybody, what they're willing to do to that's try to true. find a good spot. You it's know? true. I'm not good at that because I, I just, nothing I would think of. Daryl's always reminding me, make sure you're taking a screenshot and posting that. Don't post the original. I'm like, I don't think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, here again, you just hope the people are more um, ethical. Yeah. But. They're not. I'm uh, probably a terrible so. person to go hunting with or scouting because, like, I'm probably always like harping at people. Don't put that in. I see him taking a picture, so I'm like, "Don't you better post that." Like, yeah. what are you thinking? Right. You know? Yeah. Right. I'm just glad video cameras don't show. <laughs> you know, coordinates. The, and coordinates. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they do. Do they? No. <laughs> Why'd you bring, mention that? Dang it, Daryl. Something else for you to be paranoid about, Casey. <laughs> so that's why I just started leaving the cameras at home. There you go. That's funny. That's one yeah. way to solve that problem. And pack gets a little heavier every year, so. No kidding, huh? Yeah. That's true. Camera equipment's heavy. It is. It is. Well, trying to keep it, I mean, a challenge is, and my hat's off to, I know, like, solo hunter guys, those guys, mm -hmm. it's second nature to them now, but still, the, um, um, the, the time it takes to get it out and everything, you mm -hmm. almost have to have your, um, camera out on the tripod oh, carrying you around carry, you got to carry it already mounted like it's yeah. a spotting scope right right yeah you do and and i always worry about something happening to it you know when you got several thousand dollars wrapped up in your yeah you know in your equipment it's like gosh you know by because out of nature you know sometimes i'll drop my bow just glass or whatever oh yeah if you like, see antler tips coming over the hill and you yeah. got your hands full like what do i drop my bow or the camera yeah right you know? Exactly. I and when you got like your shotgun mic on top of the camera that is isn't as durable oh, as yeah. you know. So yeah. Sacrifices how bad do you want it? That's true. <laughs> That's true. And a lot of times I've, several times I've had to apologize to John. You'd say did you get something? Yeah. Did you get it on film? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that. But he's that. done the same so I don't feel I, as I bad. Have. 
fact, <laughs> that pig out in California when I didn't hit record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, in your defense, I mean, I get it. it th those things happen. I don't know if you remember that or not. He turned the camera on mm -hmm. and forgot to hit record. record. Oh, okay. Yeah, that happens all the time. It yep. was the money shot, though. It, it was. was. Shot. <laughs> it was. And but he's on it. I mean, he's on it all the way. I thinking thought he's I had recorded. the best. Yeah. I thought I had the best footage. And shit, I get start to look for it. It's yeah. like, oh, it's not there. I know the feeling. That's a bummer. That <laughs> yeah. happened to us in Africa. When, uh, so that's why one of the things I was so happy with with that bull when Dad was filming it, how stable it was. Before all that, we had been, been in Africa that year, um, and we were on a little safari wedding combo thing. Um, oh. Not me and Dad getting married, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> I put him Thank you wife. for clarifying so, that. <laughs> uh, we were, it was the very first animal that I'd shot anywhere outside of Idaho. It was like our first animal of safari and everything. And it was a really nice red harder beast. And he was filming, and I was, I was on the gun. And as soon as I was going to shoot, and the shot went off, he pulled the camera down. And so we missed, yeah, we missed the money shot. We're looking at his boots. And you could hear, it's like, whoa, man, that's so cool. You yeah. know, we're like, yeah, but we like your boots. You know? it's, right. it's tough, especially with a gun. My, my, I was filming my son on a pig hunt. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, the shot's going to go off. But you're still, it's like, boom, you jump, jump. Right. Yep. without a tripod. I have a tripod. Yeah, yeah that me. happened to me this year. My uh, Frank was filming for me on a, I had a muzzleloader tag for mule deer again this year. <laughs> I don't know why he did this, but this buck walks out, and he's only like 60 yards away, mm -hmm. and he lets go, and he's filming, you can see the buck just, there's, he's following a couple of does out from behind this tr uh, tree, and just before he comes out, Frank lets go of the camera, well, the head wasn't tight, so the camera just goes straight up in the air. Slowly. And so he's trying to watch through his binoculars, which, like I said, it's only 60 yards away, why are you doing it? <laughs> but anyway, you just hear... He sees a snowy hillside and hear me shoot. It's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Money shot. It's hard, though, too. That's another thing. But if, if you're just filming, I mean, I've always tried to, as good as not saying I'm perfect, because I'm not, tried to just not even think about binoculars because it's hard not to want to look, mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. Is staying in that camera and just using the viewfinder to, yeah. but they're so dang small, you know. I know that you're you're. It's hard not to right. look up yeah. and whatnot. Well, because you gotta you gotta see what's going on too. Because exactly. a lot of times the guy making the shot, he's not seeing exactly what's happening. Exactly. You know, sometimes they close their eyes or they don't know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. They and don't see. Frank, yeah. Frank's defense, I did miss a few shots before that, so he probably he's was trying to help. He probably spot. was assuming I was gonna miss again <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Who cares? He's gonna miss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great. Well, the joys of filming. But. I did on that pig hunt. I did turn my GoPro on. Yes. First time I ever used it, and I had it on my stabilizer because I was in California. You could have electronics. You know? Yeah. So it was on my stabilizer, and got the shot. But immediately I laid my bow down after I shot. Yeah. I looked at my binoculars because I don't have to worry about filming it. John's filming it. Right. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. It was a nice. But door too. I do. Yeah. It was. It was. That's my best one so far. Um. I remember when we were going on that hunt, John, previous, some of his footage previous was, it's not so much shaky as when the shot would go off, it's hard to stay on it. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you're going to use a tripod this time the right. whole time. Yeah. And that kind of turned you around as far as 
seeing what a big difference it made using a tripod it did yeah but well and then back then you know we had these huge cameras and we were filming off our shoulder and all that crap (laughs) and huge tripods right yeah that's true yeah so we've updated our equipment since then and yeah lighter smaller camera equipment is getting a lot lighter oh man yeah 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 Yeah. i know the the camera i bought uh, a little bit over it was a little bit over a year ago um i can't believe how um what a difference in uh, the size of it, for one thing, you know, how much smaller it is, and right. still have that top quality. Right. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what they're doing now with them. So it's getting tempting to start carrying around again, maybe for me. <laughs> yeah. More filming. Yeah. Even my son, uh, he lives in Wyoming, and he was filming a um, uh, he had, uh, uh, deer hunt and a couple antelope hunts there. And he has this little, I'm going to buy one, I think. Oh. It's a little DJI camera and it's got a microphone yeah yeah wireless I've never mic seen on that. It. yeah and it is tiny and i was watching i was just downloading the footage yesterday that's why it's just fresh in my mind and i was like and it's on a gimbal it has mm-hmm. its own and it is so smooth and so good i was like oh. i remember he showed it to me when he had it but i hadn't seen no footage from it yeah but it's good footage it's off really too. good yeah i think i've seen those and they're actually like similar price to a gopro aren't they yeah yeah they're not that expensive I, it, I was super impressed in fact <laughs> i wish i'd have found it sooner because he did he was filming with it when he shot the antelope here in Idaho this year, and as he was walking up to it, he was filming, and I was filming him, you know. But I just found the footage last night from that thing, and man, it was so smooth. And it stabilizes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super cool. So I think I will invest in one of those. And the audio was not bad for you know. And you, just can, have a, you can have a mic on you too. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Not yeah. a bad idea. I'm do some looking at one of those. Yeah, uh, you know now distance. You know if you're filming way out, probably not right. great. Like but a GoPro, you can almost put it in the categories of GoPro. It's good, ex- close. Yeah, and, well, I think it's better. It's better than a GoPro quality wise. It doesn't have the fish eyes bad. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. and um, super smooth. I just the gimbal part of it. Any kind of close up or B roll footage, stuff like that. That was super awesome. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I remember I. Filmed a bear I shot with a bow like back in 14 or 15. And it was like 30 yards. And it. I looked back at the GoPro footage and it looked like that thing was like a mile right. away. Right. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of unusable. Exactly. But, so I never did anything with it. I actually, for when I'm hunting bears uh, on the bait, I put... I screw some GoPros into the trees like that are close to them and have a remote and start them. That's a good idea. And you get some super some awesome really cool stuff. Footage. Yeah, I had one. I thought he was going to eat it. He he came, and it's on my YouTube channel, but he came and he stood up on the tree and he's looking right at the GoPro and he breathes on it and it fogs it all up. I thought he was going to eat it, but he didn't. He just dropped down and went back to the can. Huh. And then I really like, I've got a one I put right above the can so it's looking straight down on them as oh, they're okay. so I've got some kill shots that way too which is super huh. cool I wonder if you can take like some thumper arrows so if you get one starting to mess with your camera that you don't want to kill you can yeah, that's them a out. good idea honestly I, I'll typically if I know I'm not going to kill them I'll just make a noise and chase them off yeah. if they look like they're going to get close to my camera or whatever but yeah you don't want like 80 pound bear eating your camera exactly well and I keep like these I have two of them and they are super I think they're GoPro Pro 3s or two super old mm-hmm. I, I don't even care about them that's why and that's the ones that I use for that. Oh, okay. So, so if they do get wrecked, then whatever. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Bears, they wreck everything. We had we had a little blonde bear get in our ground blind while we let while we were gone. Mm. He just got in there and had a party. He tore that thing up. Is like, that right? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. He was just the most curious bear you've ever seen. Seems yeah. like the younger ones are. Yeah. That same one, actually, I, I don't know if I ever told you, we were 
sitting on the ground. We got to where we don't use tree stands anymore, and we were just we just sit on the ground a little mm -hmm. ways away from the bait. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sitting about 20 yards from the barrel, and Dad was another like 10, 15 yards behind me. And I could see this bear coming in from a distance, and hear him popping limbs as he was circling the bait and scent checking it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of kept pointing at the direction where the bear was at, so he'd kind of know. And he was back with the camera, and I had my bow in front of him. And all he had was a pistol that was next to him, but he kind of had it on his offside over here. Mm -hmm. And finally, um, that bear had kind of come around behind us, and I looked back this direction, and he was Dad was straight back behind me. And I look over and I see that bear kind of coming out of the trees, and he was walking right towards Dad. And he were there was snow on the ground, and so we we're kind of like sitting down underneath the trees, kind of down. Um, you kind of know how there's little like little. Uh, coves or holes kind of like underneath the trees where the right. snow banks are just not quite there So we we're kind of heading under the limbs and this bear was walking up through the snow and it was and he didn't even know the bear was coming I mean he he was looking at me pointing and stuff like that and finally I got his attention and I pointed at the bear and All I could see was he had like a one of them ball clavos on where all you could see was his eyeballs. Yeah And he looked over and I seen him look over and see that bear coming at him and like his eyes almost jumped out of his skull when he seen that bear because it was like 10 feet away from him oh, when he finally geez. seen it and it walked up to him like he said that that i mean that bear was sniffing his boot and oh, it was wow. that same little blonde bear that yeah. got him blind and wrecked the thing you're That's just so funny. curious yeah. yeah it's incredible how quiet those bears can be isn't oh, it man. yeah or as big as they are yeah. they, we got to really watch our stepping on sticks and stuff and they step on that stuff those pads and just oh yeah quiet yeah, tracking my daughter one time we were in a blind we'd set a blind up and i'd sprayed scent like caramel or who knows blueberry whatever around the bait mm -hmm. and i put that bottle i put all the bottles inside there we were going to take them though and she starts spraying the blueberry or whatever it was mm. in the blind oh no <laughs> and i thought well this blind's gone and sure Comes enough um, yeah i got broke a couple poles and right oh man that's funny <laughs> yeah she was like six or seven something like yeah. that. yeah well, i didn't like this blind anyways yeah really <laughs> that's funny yeah what's yeah. on your list for this year anything man hopefully just get out go anywhere just anything i mean have my stuff done to where i can leave that's my main list Tile. so no right. more procrastinating but yeah probably gonna try and do a lot more scouting this year um I don't know. I normally pick up an extra tag, but I never has. I never seem to have time to fill that second one. So maybe I'll put some more effort into to doing that, or just maybe having some a bigger hit list, a little bit longer one. Mm -hmm. Normally, I'd find one or two things and kind of focus on that, but maybe spread out more, see some new country. Yeah. I mean, it's. I I think seeing some new country is going to be pretty important because of how populated the woods are getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty easy for a spot to get blown out now. So I think I got to have some. A little bit larger inventory of spots mm -hmm. yeah. so that's probably the number one thing i need to focus on yeah you know i know we get comfortable and i hunt my particular one elk spot for many 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 years mm -hmm. and then it's it's kind of sad but it's life what are you going to do yeah it's public land and everything when it start you start seeing more people where you just not see anybody at all yeah never anybody and then all of a sudden a couple more and a couple more and, yep. so it is a good idea to to oh yeah well, then spot. you move to a new spot, and then all of a sudden you're stepping on somebody else's toes, yeah. too. Right. And yeah. so it's I mean, now just, you're that guy, huh? Yeah, you're yeah that. exactly. And so, you know, it's, you kind of, you're displaced, you know, just like the animals are at times with certain things. That's and so true. you don't really know where to go, but you got to just get out there and look and try and look for not signs of animals, but I kind of look for signs of people. And if I see lots of, lots of human Traffic. activity that I just don't even really go. Yeah. So I just kind of always find the animals are where the people are not. 
Yeah. Right. I, I, for some reason, I think some people have that backwards. They're like, oh, there's a lot of people over there. That must be good hunting. Right. And that must be yeah. where everything's at. And it's, I mean, during rifle season, we went up one canyon this last year. Uh, my wife had a rifle elk tag. And we drove up this canyon. It's like a four-mile-long canyon to the back of it. Pretty rough road. It, like, it takes you like 40 minutes to drive to the back of it if you're not hauling ass. And coming out, cause we went all the way to the end and then came back out. And I counted rigs on the way out. And there was like 54 rigs. On the wow. Way out. Are you kidding me? No, not, I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. It was insane. Of course, like three of those trucks were the Washington guys that some of our friends. But oh, still. Right. I mean, I couldn't believe the number of people. And there was one spot that I archery hunted there. Um, and it's kind of like a pullout where it's like a 30 or 40 foot long pullout off the side of the road. And so obviously, you know, you pull in there kind of long ways, you know, you just pull over real quick and get out and go. And during archery season, there'd be like maybe one other truck there. Um, usually none. I was on the mountain one day and seen uh, another, another non-resident truck pull in there where I was at. And they could see that I was hunting there. And I seen them from up on the mountain. I was watching them to see what they were doing around my pickup. They were looking at it and everything to see like if I was hunting or not. Then I could see them looking for my tracks. And then they like pointed like that's the way I went. And they actually went up the way I went. Like they were just trying to follow the direction I went. It looked wow. like hmm. something. Why does people do that? And so I didn't see that many people other than that in this area. And there was some good elk activity in there. So I go back during raffle season, and there was six trucks parked in that same place. Wow. But what I thought was strange was instead of just the first guy when he gets there, like not pulling in long ways like I did when there's no one there, they all backed in like if you'd be at a trailhead. They kind of pull in and back in so mm -hmm. you can fit more trucks in there. Mm -hmm. And there was six or seven trucks in this spot. And I told my wife, I'm like, we're not going up there. I don't even care if there's any elk up there that we see. And we're not, like, I don't know how many people are between us and those elk that we yeah. see. Right. We're not going to go up there and hunt behind other people. And so this was first thing in the morning. And so we go up to the top of the canyon, turn around and run our way back out. And this is where the sun's hitting that hillside just right now. And I glassed it anyways, because I kind of knew where the elk moved through there and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we seen like 40 elk moving through there. And there was a couple of bulls in there. And we could have probably hiked up there within about an hour and been in a shooting position. And I told her that that's, it's, you know, a small six point or an okay five point, you know, but I don't want to go up there and rat race with people to right. just for this one bull. So we watched him for a minute and then we left. And I had some friends that were up on top of the spine of that same mountain range. And he said that it was just like a stroll down, you know, stroll in the park up there. Like there's just people everywhere up on the, on the ridge line. Hmm. He said they met the outfitter up there. They met probably 10 or 12 guys up there on top of that ridge. And I, I said, well, was there anybody down like on the side of the mountain, you know, like in the timber or anything? He said, no, we didn't see anybody down there. We didn't even see the elk. And I was like, there was 40 elk over there. No one's seen it because everybody was up on top of the ridge yeah. line just saying hi to each other, you know? Yeah. Right. And... <laughs> But I, so I just, I couldn't understand why so many trucks would start stack on top of each other at the trailhead. Yeah. If they see even just like two or three, why would you yeah. right. go, you know? Go somewhere else, yeah. The I was going to go sit at Waterhole this year, or I did, I should say, last fall. Um, and I got there, and there was a truck there, and I'm thinking, gosh, what do I do? You know, do I walk in, or yeah. I don't want to step in there? But then I knew... Well, I know I'm only going to go in maybe a mile, and I'm going to go set. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be walking around. And then I heard them bugle, mm -hmm. and they were going up a finger. I knew what ridge they were going to go up, so I knew I wouldn't be. But it still makes you think like, yeah. you know. And then the next day, I ended up staying the night there at the trailhead, back of my rig. 
they pulled in and then they left. And I was trying to stop them. I was just getting ready to leave. I was trying to stop them and let them know what I was doing because I didn't care that they went hunting in there. Mm -hmm. Then I felt like a jerk because I'm thinking they probably came back and saw my rig there the day before thinking this guy don't care, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I yeah, was, I mean, if we see people at the trailhead, we always try to visit with them and yeah. say hi. We're over here, you know, because yeah. everyone, you know, you exactly. can kind of look out for each other. I mean, someone could get hurt up there, and you want to, you know, right? You, you might need help, or they might need, you know, they might need help, or mm-hmm. it's so, the guys I, <laughs> us, my nephew and a couple other guys were at um, by a trailhead. We're coming out from hunting in the morning, and somebody that I know as well. That uh, one of my, my nephew knew him, but he didn't recognize my nephew. Started telling him how he's been hunting in there with his dad since he was 10 years old and blah, blah, blah. Just making up all this stuff. I'm the one who told him about that spot back <laughs> like six years ago or five years ago. But he made this wild west story about, you know, how he'd been hunting there since he was 10 years old. He's in his 40s now. And I'm thinking, man. That guy's really trying to keep people out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happened when I, I met those guys from Washington up there because I was up there for the first time during the rifle season because normally I always archery hunt in some of these areas. And I've never seen them. And I we got to talking with these guys. I'm like, yeah, I've been hunting here off and on for like since I was, you know, 10 years old. Before I was old enough to carry a weapon, I was up here with, you know, dad. with dad with a BB gun, you know. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've been up here for like 19 years too. I'm like, we've never seen each other. Mm-hmm. And well, they were the rifle guys, and I was the archery guy, oh, so we never really crossed paths gotcha, until then. Yeah. But actually, some of the some of the archery bulls that I had killed, they had they had already had trail camera pictures of. Oh. There was there was that three twenty five point that I took up that one year, and uh, they actually they were up there hunting that thing for the rifle season. They had me on their trail cameras and oh. that bull. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So it's just kind of funny how you never run into people, and you know. You share that spot for so many years. And yeah, they're really running to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But huh. right. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's some good people out there. There is. You know. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I typically try to go where the people are not. I mean, but yeah, the, the trailheads, I don't know why. And it seems like a lot of times people will always hike past so many animals. At mm-hmm. the oh, yeah. It's trying to hurry. A lot of times they're trying to hurry to get back to where I don't know. Yeah. It's like... If you actually, I, I used to pack in about three miles, and I just kind of wanted that jump on them. But these people would burn it, and I'd see them back there pretty early sometimes. Yeah. You know, and and I'm thinking, I know a guy who shot one, probably a bull, like mm-hmm. six-point bull, probably. He forgot his release and was actually going back to get his release. Maybe 200 yards from the trailhead where there's trucks parked. He ended up shooting one with his fingers, wow. you know, at like 10 yards. Yeah. But uh, so it makes you wonder how much more, yeah, anim- how many animals people are actually passing up. Just Well, they say with like that elk and some of that stuff, you want to be either really early or really late. You yeah. don't want to be on time. Yeah. And so yeah. it's the guy that like slept in until night or, night or 10 in the morning yeah. and shoots the elk, you no know. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But <laughs> I, I want to be that guy. I've seen that happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to mess up and sit a unit. Um, but... I was, uh, I don't know, this was like 2017, a while back. I don't know if you remember that 6x7 I killed Yeah. Uh, a while back. Um, so we had scouted this area the day before the rifle season. We had a, a limited rifle hunt. And we had we had a bunch of herds of elk found and went back to camp. It was like a 40-minute razor ride. And so we went back to camp, 
get back there the next morning at like five in the morning. There had been nobody there scouting this canyon at all uh, the night before opener. And so we thought, okay, this one we probably have it ourselves because everyone else is like piled on top of each other in these other areas. And so we get back there and there's a truck in there. First thing, you know, like, like, well, there's the truck at like at the mouth and then like you can kind of see where they rode their foiler in a ways further and then parked it. And I thought, so we get in there on the razor. I mean, we'd rode for like 40 minutes in the freezing cold with in a razor with no cab to get here. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I don't want to, we see this four wheeler. We don't want to go in there now. Like I, it was still, it was still dark and I elected to just go back to camp. Like I, I was not going to go in there and hunt behind this guy in the dark. I didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. So I had some other spots in my back pocket and we, we went back to camp and kind of regeared and gassed and went back up on the other side of this place and get to this other area. And there's already guys gotten out another elk in my other spot I was going to go to. So <laughs> we go back to camp again and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, well, let's just go back to the first area and now it's daylight. We can see what's going on now and where these guys are at. So they took the trail all the way in, and I just kind of <clears throat> stopped there and jumped right up, just went straight up the mountain. And that trail was about three miles also. And they went, they went all the way to the end. I could see, and I went in. I just went in maybe like not even a mile, just most of the way to where I could kind of see things because they were walking in the bottom of this canyon below everything. And we just got up, got up there and waited till dusk, and everything started coming out. Actually they were coming out as we parked and actually um, was going up and I seen him bringing out parts of a raghorn. And so I could see that they were done and I talked to him for a minute and they were nice, you know, father, son couple. And so they got one down and they, they had him out of there. It looked like, um, it looked like by the time that we were starting. So we went up, we went high and they basically stayed low and they had walked apparently past two different herds of elk that was above them on this ridge. (laughs) On this face, on this really steep face, and so yeah, I posted up and shot that elk that night when he came out. Nice. And he kind of was mixing some of the trees, but hmm. it's amazing. You can see it when you get up. You can kind of see how many people are walking past, past. so many things just yeah. to try and hurry to the back. Right. Like I've seen people race on trailheads. Oh yeah. We're I, I can't even. I don't want to say the name of the canyon. We were up in this area. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was a new area. We we went over there and met some friends, and we were just we didn't even have any tags. We were just there to try and help pack one out or help call one in because we already tagged out that year and we went in there this this early in the morning uh, before daylight and there was um it looked like a highway with everyone's headlamps going in there you can see like three <laughs> headlamps here and up the trailways three headlamps here everyone was just there were, people were passing each other on the trail like racing to get back in there and Jeez. i couldn't believe it you know yeah, so it, it happens i ate that uh and I, I turn around and go the way of the way, kind of like you. Yeah. See, that was like six or eight years ago. And luckily, hunting numbers is like coming down, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to be as bad anymore. Well, they got, I know, nothing against non-residents at all, but I know the way they have it spread out a little bit more, I think that's helped pressure certain areas get really pressured. Yeah. Like yeah. It was. Speaking of pressure, I've been meaning to ask you this because I've been thinking about it lately. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what do you think about people... Uh, bugling at night to locate elk. Um, so I can tell you this much. I remember this one situation. Um, me and a buddy, I had already killed a bull, and he had never killed an elk. And so we were driving a road, and there's some canyons off of there. And I, I says, let's just park, and we're going to walk over here, you know, Um and it was one of these kind of really high deserts, so it's patchy trees. Mm-hmm. So we walked over, and we're kind of, we finally got a place we're going to glass in a little bit. And it was like, 
midday. So it wasn't like really early. You know, I should say midday. It wasn't like one-ish. It's probably just a little bit before noon. And um, anyway, I decided I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. And so I just did like, you know, one of these calls up here, the um, the mouth. The yeah, the external. external yeah. yeah. So I gave a couple calls and this bull answered. Mm-hmm. And me and my buddy are looking at each other. I'm like, shit, you didn't bring your bow, you know. Mm-hmm. So we ran back to the truck, came back with the bow. And we end up about maybe 70 yards off mm-hmm. of where we were initially. And that rock where we called from, it was a raghorn, you know, five point. He was sniffing right around there where we called from. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I ended up calling him in and... and and he didn't get him, but um, unfortunately. But um, my point is, you know, you get an elk. If you're doing that at night to try to locate him, it's going to work. You're yeah. probably going to get some response. But if they come over there and smell humans, yep. to me, that's just educating them. That's exactly what I thought. And that's kind of why I wanted to make this point. I mean, I, I don't know. If, how many people are doing it or not, but I know that it, it, it does work bugling yeah. at night. Oh, yeah. And and I know that when we did our seminar, I know how easy it is to get rattled, like carry on, like rattling off tips and everything like that and things. And maybe we promoted it for it once before and said it worked. But I'm kind of started to, like, I know more people are promoting that now about bugling at night to, lo- to locate elk. I've been seeing that more and more. Yeah. And it kind of makes you wonder if that is going to actually pressure elk more because it works so well. I mean, even during the day, but especially at night. I mean, they come right in. They can they can come right to where you're standing, yeah. and your smell is still going to be there long after you're gone. I mean, I just think it's education. It's, kind of, it's no different than turkey. Same thing with turkey hunting. Yeah. Know? Or, um, like uh, you know, in the South Hills, the unit we have here, people go up there and tell me about all the elk they call in. And granted, they don't have a tag most of the time, but they're educating those things there. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, man, I want to. The the encounter I want with me calling is when it's real right you know when it's business and that's what so and i'm guilty of that too i mean so years ago i uh me too after i've after i've tagged out i'm like man i want to i want to take my girlfriend or my wife or i want to take my kid up here and i want to call an elk in so they could see it or i just want to practice you know well you're educating elk for other people and so and i've seen lately that's happening more and more like guys who don't even have elk tags they have rifle elk tags or they have you know they're up there scouting for deer but they're calling in elk for camera footage or just for fun yeah well it took me a long time to realize it but you're just educating those elk and it's making it harder for the next guys yeah. mm-hmm. you know and or you potentially yeah, or, you the next year yeah you know? you know maybe so you're horsing around with them and you blow them out into the next unit or something like that because you wanted some camera footage yeah and i mean i'm guilty of all that too you know same as bulium I, i've done it but it, and I've seen how well it works. I mean, if you're not careful and you bugle one at night, I mean, he's going to be right in front of you. You're yeah. going to be standing there going, well, that's kind of shot for tomorrow now. I right. guess, you know, that particular elk, that scenario I was telling you about, I didn't realize how good they pinpointed mm-hmm. until I saw him. Because there was like a, a like a little ledge and then um, just a little face, eight feet or so. And that's where that rock was. And that's where we were sitting by glass and I wanted didn't want to be skylined, you know. So we're sitting on glass from there and that's when I called that elk was in the trees, so we got out of there really quick, but he was right there. So yeah. like, they can pinpoint, whole point is, you know, they can pinpoint that good. And oh, yeah. he was smelling around, and he was a little, uh, when I first called, started calling him again before he came in, I could tell his demeanor was, 
he was a little apprehensive. That's exactly it. They're a little more cautious. Yes. Than, you know, and yeah. so and they're cautious enough. Yeah, we don't <laughs> need any more of that. And I mean, they get so much pressure during the day, and so that's kind of what started making me wonder. Like, you know, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot of people talk like the numbers are down and here and there, and if there's more people harassing them at night, yeah, when they're supposed to be actually breeding, yeah, then mm. if are we going to start seeing lower numbers because of that? And mm. so, I mean. I'm the first to admit that I'm as guilty as anybody when it comes to like bugle them at night or messing with them at night just because you can, but just because you can, it kind of makes you wonder if you should. Yeah. And so that's something I would like to try and like, maybe we could figure out a way to start some kind of a movement to leave them alone at night movement or something. I don't it's know. It's pretty easy. Leave them alone at night. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's like trying to get shed hunters to obey the rules. Yeah. That's what you're gonna <laughs> and, and I mean, I know we've talked about this forward. I'm going to bring it up one more time for those of you that are shedding on this shed hunting this year. Wait till the animals. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. wait till the animals are done shedding and the winter's over. Where, where I mean, like, look, today's a perfect example. Yeah, I'm sure there's animals that have started dropping their horns now. Mm -hmm. It's minus two degrees. Mm -hmm. The last thing those animals need is for people to be running them around that are shed hunting, wanting their sheds, running those herds around when it's this is their most vulnerable time. Yeah, you know, this time of year. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, enough about that. But yeah, right. I mean, John's going to get me out there shed brood. hunting this year. I don't care if I keep, keep, keep the sheds. Yeah, I just want to go because I need to. I mean, get in shape. Eventually, there. I mean, uh, but other states have rules against you know yeah. shed hunting until a certain date. And yeah. I mean, Idaho's probably Not sure to follow. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what's made me wonder. Like, I don't see how they'd enforce it. But I mean, if, if enough people are harassing animals at night too, I mean, eventually there's going to be some kind of a, oh, yeah. a rule against that. I mean, right. Obviously, there's not going to be game wardens who want to wander in the hills at night catching people doing exactly. it. Exactly. So this has been years and years ago. I was over in, um, I was in California, in in August, and that's when they're, believe it or not, as it is, that's they're starting to breed then, and it was an elk refuge. Mm-hmm. It's only like one square mile. I did, I knew there was like twenty some bulls out there. I didn't know how many cows because I had a friend that worked there. And I went out there my cow call, and I made a cow, you know, a couple cow calls, and they just bulls started lighting up. Mm-hmm. Well, one bull had, I think it was five or six cows. One bull had those cows. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for what I started because that poor bull, his tongue was hanging out trying to keep all these others. You can imagine yeah. the odds, you know. Um, yeah, I felt bad. So. <laughs> Anyway, it's not good, not good to harass animals in general. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it sure can be tempting if you if you you know worked yeah. your butt off all day long and you haven't got any kind of bugles back, no responses. Like, well, the sun's down. Yeah. Let me just let me see where they're at. I mean, it's <laughs> tempting, but I don't know. It's, it's something I was thinking about the other day, yeah. and so when you called me to come in, I'm like, I should ask you about that. Yeah. So that's my opinion, but. I'm not always right about. That's yeah. just my opinion. Now I know I know a guy that he does that. Um, I don't know if he he doesn't do that anymore. Um, but that's actually how he taught himself to talk to elk for a long time. Was during June he would. Well, maybe we should cut this out. We don't want people bugling. <laughs> no kidding, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Strike that. All right. No. Yeah. Okay. Cancel out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. They're just they're out there trying to learn and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to learn is to just get out there and do it and talk to them. But yeah. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. You know, it's certain times. It's yeah. But, I don't know. Anyway. Well, we appreciate you coming. It's been a good fun. Yeah. Great chat. It's been a yeah. great one. Yeah. Glad I made it over. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have yeah. you on here again maybe after this next season, see how you did and whatnot. Maybe we have some good stories to tell, hopefully. You got some good stories. Fingers crossed. Yeah, appreciate it. 
Pretty yeah, sure stories. it took me all day to make to think those up too. All morning on the way over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, some time to cook up some new stories. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Write some down. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, yes. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate no problem. It. Thank you guys too. Yeah, okay. it was great. Like I said, great conversation. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Glad you got got Good. got on here. So yeah, me too. All right, buddy. Thanks, John. Thank you. Like and subscribe. Appreciate you guys. Yep. We'll talk to you again. See ya.